the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Peter Kersenow is a member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights. He is a Cleveland-based attorney. He's also a best-selling author. And as mentioned, he is an Uncle Tom, uh, the likes of which, uh, you know, Larry is featuring in his movie, which premieres today. Peter Kersenow, good to have you on the program. How are you, my friend? Thank you very much, Bob. Uh, in five days, until we have an NFL season, I hope it's a season that honors the flag and not kneeling. And I want to congratulate Larry as I have personally on his movie, which um, I had the privilege of seeing a couple of months ago, which is outstanding, and I commend it to everybody. So um, Larry uh, notches another tremendous accomplishment uh, onto his belt. Really amazing. I'm envious. I am too, and I'm just very happy for him. It's, uh, I know it's something he worked very hard on, and we talked about it yesterday. Uh, and in fact, uh, this morning on our program, my program as well, he's, uh, he's, you know, he's, he's uh, um, justifiably delighted with the fact that he has this premiere tonight. And I hope everybody logs on to UncleTom.com and watches this movie, not just to help Larry, but because it's extraordinary. It's such a great view, and it is so important because of what's going on right now. Uh, Peter, let's dive right into this because it's a short first segment here in this uh, se- segment of the show. Uh, I said this kind of in jest, but not really. Uh, congratulations to the people of Atlanta. You got what you wanted. They have abolished the police there. Now, not officially by uh, city action, but Atlanta police are walking off the job. In New York City, by the way, they're talking about a massive citywide strike on the 4th of July, on Independence Day. Uh, I'm kind of curious what report we're going to get from the city of Atlanta on Monday about how life is in an American city without police that they all seem to want. I think that it'll take more time than that for the full ramifications of a city without cops is going to manifest itself. But um, the fact of the matter is that most people, according to all polls, think the entire endeavor with respect to abolishing police, defunding police, disrespecting police is um, lunatic. And it's on its face lunatic. It's so incredible. And, you know, we're letting some... Um, Well, let's put it this way. What has happened is that a false narrative has perpetuated much of this. We've had in this country a very horrible history with respect to race. Um, What the left, however, refuses to acknowledge is tremendous progress has been made on that score. But they seem to suggest that we're still in 1865 America. Um, the woke kind of approach to this completely discounts the fact that the narrative that has, uh, I think, caused much of the conflagration we've seen recently is completely false. Not just false, it is upside down. It's the opposite of what's occurring. I think everybody acknowledges that they've seen nobody, not one single person, say anything other than complete condemnation 
of what happened to George Floyd. Not one right. person. And the cops were immediately fired, and they are subject to prosecution. It was an egregious circumstance. What has happened, however, is much of the left has decided to piggyback on legitimate black grievances from the past and also to expand upon and exaggerate what's occurring, uh, presently occurring in order to achieve a political agenda that is, frankly, the, the, the fact that they're trying to do it, given what we've seen the last few weeks, is nothing short of despicable, but they are doing it. The narrative, however, is completely false, whereas in the past there were a number of cases where you could say you could look at the fact that the stats actually showed that blacks were treated disproportionately adversely uh, with respect to law enforcement than whites. But for at least the last almost 40 years minimum, that has not been the case, but more uh, accurately, the opposite has been the case. There's considerable data on this. On the Civil Rights Commission, we have access to this data, but almost everybody has access to the data if you're curious. Everybody's got a computer these days, and you can go to the Uniform Crime Reports. And for the last 40 years, the narrative that currently prevails has been false. The narrative is that blacks are being disproportionately shot or attacked by cops, and that white racists, as I think it was Joy Reid said, uh, are hunting blacks. Both those narratives are false. The data for a long time have shown this. The media is not interested in it. And the Democratic Party, but I repeat myself, uh, is not interested in it because they need to have a uniform and robust black vote in order to have any chance of prevailing in a national election. The narrative that blacks are disproportionately shot by, by cops is completely false. Actually, the opposite is true. Whites are more likely, there are several studies on this, by the way, one shows that whites are slightly more likely to be shot by cops than are blacks, and another one shows it's fairly significant by a 200% margin, 200% more likely, and that's a significant statistical uh, margin to be shot by, by cops than are blacks. And one of the reasons for that is, I mean, it's just common sense, because if you saw, saw after the Michael Brown case with Ferguson, cops don't want to go through what they saw happened to, say, Darren Wilson or what's happening down in Atlanta. So white cops are very unlikely to pull their service weapon in those circumstances. It's human nature. In fact, there are studies that show that black cops are 3.3 times more likely to shoot a, sus a black suspect than are white cops. But, more, more, but, but, but again, the point is whites are more likely to be shot, and that's the opposite of what's fueling all of the unrest, the riots, the protests. Um, it's despicable that many in the media and progressives would hew to a false narrative because people are being killed, people are being hurt, and there's billions mm -hmm. of dollars in damage, and our nation is being riven by this false narrative. Nine okay. unarmed blacks were shot and killed by cops in 2019. Nine. There were 7,200 blacks murdered that year, almost all of them murdered by other blacks. If black lives matter, those lives matter also. But it seems that the media and progressives and the Democrats, but again, I repeat myself, are more concerned about driving a narrative that fosters a political agenda. That's despicable. It needs to be stopped. And it's amazing to me that more people, given the clear data on this, aren't standing up and saying this. This is necessary to protect all Americans and to stop, the, the frankly, the, the division that is occurring that is, is just so toxic 
to America. We are seeing America at a perilous place right now. Now I'm optimistic. I think we're, we're going to get beyond this. But in my lifetime, I've never seen a more significant inflection point that could go in a bad direction. Kind of, I don't want to overstate right. things. But we've seen these kinds of things in, in, in the past, if you study history, in terms of cultural revolutions, French revolutions. And again, that those are big, overwhelming revolutions with significant death totals. But nonetheless, right. we are losing America as a result. Pete, that is, we're talking with Peter Kersenow of the uh, United States Commission on Civil Rights. And Pete, you're 100% right. And, and, and I want to get to the bigger picture beyond the police, because this is no longer just about police brutality or, or the alleged narrative of police uh, shootings of African-Americans, particularly unarmed African-Americans. It's now just flat out white people. You are guilty. You are guilty of making the black experience in America miserable. You have kept the black man down. You have done this, 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 and this, and you are all guilty, period. And you must feel that guilt and express your, your repentance for that guilt before we can move on at all. Express that black lives matter and show us that black lives matter by doing things for us. And, Pete, that one of the most, it's one of the most embarrassing things that I've ever seen, the CEO and founder of Chick-fil-A literally got down on bended knee to shine the shoes of an African-American on a panel discussion that he was doing and said that all Christian whites should do the same. Don't just say you are not a racist. Apologize and atone for your latent racism, perhaps your inherited generational racism, by shining the shoes on your knees of a black man or woman near you. Peter Kersenow, I love you. I love you as a brother, a brother from another mother. You're a black man, but Peter, I have never offended you. I have never done anything to harm you. I am not going to get down on my knee next to you and shine your shoes, and I'm pretty sure that you wouldn't ask me to. Yeah, this is very troubling, and it's just one element of something that is occurring very broadly. We're tearing down statues. We're erasing histories. We're deplatforming people. Uh, this is a dangerous thing. I don't want to overstate this, but we've seen a number of parallels in history, and we should heed what has happened in the past. This is what happened in a more, um, not as violent a respect as what happened in the Cultural Revolution. It has many of the tones, more likely, of the French Revolution. This is not a good thing. But beyond that, it is fundamentally racist. In other words, what apparently hasn't occurred to these folks or these these kind of woke cultural warriors is the very fact that white skin and you are being blamed for what you didn't do, as Thomas Sowell said, we're at a height of absurdity right now where people who are who never did anything wrong are being blamed for something that happened in the past or shared by people who have the same skin color, but those who are doing bad things now are absolved from those things. It, it is a bad place to be in. I believe, however, most Americans, normal people looking at what's going on throughout America are rejecting this, but nonetheless, we should be very vigilant as to what's going on because we can't be certain. We've always thought the United States of America was special, and it is. But it could succumb to the same types of passions and tyrannies that we've seen throughout history. Now they're coming for the founders. Now they're to they toppled in Portland a George Washington statue with a burning American flag over it. Uh, if they're coming for the founders' statues, Peter Kersenow, 
And you're a constitutional expert. You're a constitutional scholar and a constitutional attorney. Peter Kersenow, if they come for the pictures of the scholars, are they then going to say we shouldn't have a country that is run by the rules laid out by these, uh, or excuse me, the, uh, laid out by these founders? Washington and all the other founders owned slaves. That's why they want their statues gone. If they want their statues gone, are they going to want the Constitution gone? Exactly right, Bob. And that's one of the reasons why we had the New York Times farcical 1619 project, which tried to reframe, that is, to lie about the history of the United States and got everything completely wrong. The idea has been among progressives for several decades now to delegitimize the founding in the United States of America, the greatest country in the history of the world that had flaws, but they've been emphasizing the flaws for a reason. They truly do not like America and want a different system. They've been lying in such profound ways to um, unravel the founding, unravel our rule of law, and unravel the legitimacy of the United States of America so they can impose what they prefer, and that is a progressive vision, a socialist vision maybe, but who knows? It's, it's, It's anarchical, we know that much. But we've been lied to in such profound ways. In my lifetime, I've never seen anything like this. And I try to be as sober in terms of my assessment of these these things as I can. I don't want to be hysterical or anything, but the fact is you have to look at these things plainly. We've been lied to profoundly with respect to the Russian collusion narrative. I mean, there was an attempted coup. It's an amazing thing that I'm saying that, but they attempted a coup, and the media seems not to care. Then they lied in terms of the impeachment uh, issue. They've been lying about COVID and the lockdown, and now they're lying with respect to the false narrative that's propelling all of the riots, people being killed, billions in property damage, but more importantly is dividing America in in so many ways that it's going to take a while to repair. I think we will, because we are the greatest nation. We're incredibly resilient, but uh, we're at an inflection point, one that I think we need to be vigilant about, and I think everybody needs to be prepared for the, to fight for the American ideal against the lunacy and the lies that we're currently seeing. Very well said and a very good way to wrap it. Peter Kersenow. Peter, thanks. I know you were just on with Larry, but we can never get enough of your brilliant analysis. Thank you, my friend. Thanks so much, Bob. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. I want to talk to you for a moment about a group I've done work with for years, ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. You've seen how your freedom is under attack? Go to townhallreview.com to find out how you can join Alliance Defending Freedom to help ensure the opponents of freedom don't dictate your future. That's townhallreview.com. If you enjoy your podcast, take a moment, tell a friend to subscribe today. This is David Davenport of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. We all long return to normal, but the big question is whether government will. Our nation has a history of government taking on special powers and more spending during emergencies and never returning to normal. Two periods in history illustrate the difference. In the 1920s, following a pandemic and World War I, President Warren Harding called for a return to normalcy. A decade of conservative presidents, especially Calvin Coolidge, worked tirelessly to bring government spending back to pre-war levels. But following the Great Depression and World War II, there was no return to normalcy. Instead, the bigger government and higher spending led by President Franklin Roosevelt became the new normal. Now we ask, will government give up its emergency powers? Will the federal government ever reduce spending? That's the leadership question facing conservatives now. I'm David Davenport. The Pepperdine School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate program for leaders. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu.